1: Ronna, happy post-COVID Kiki.
2: Ah, I still have a hangover.
1: I could not get enough of every <laughs> kind of whiskey everyone's recommended.
2: Oh, These people want you to drink bourbon for breakfast, lunch, and dinner.
1: Honestly, I guess- what I keep, I'm noticing. I keep hearing Basil Hayden or something, and then I keep hearing something called Miller's. I mean, every yeah. truly- Rana, they rushed to their phones to tell me what to do. Well, drink.
2: that's not the only thing that happened, is we got about six of seven chili witch drawings.
1: There was one I got in my DM that I need to send you because I think it's really good. And I don't know if they sent it to you too.
2: Okay. Do you know who the artist was or who the person was? I'll
1: pull it up. But we did. We got some really good ones and honestly we, it almost yes, We please. even
2: got one from a very established artist who Ooh. happens to be a fan of the podcast, Adam Ellis. Is his name? Oh, and he is a huge Instagram, uh, YouTube, whatever you want to call it, internet um, comic book artist and illustrator sensation.
1: Does he want to um, uh, donate a work, a piece of his work, to me?
2: I don't know. We'll have to see if you like his style first. I mean, well,
1: listen, Rona all I know is it's an even trade for him to get to hear us every week and for me to get a piece of his art he's worked really hard
2: Well, on. you could say he already did donate a piece of his art to you because he drew a chili witch.
1: There you go. Did yeah. you see this, this gal?
2: I did see her, yeah. She's cute. Yeah, she's very cute.
1: This one's from Annie.
2: Uh... Yeah, I think we're going to post uh, next week once all the Chili Witches, or this week, I guess, when this comes out, once all the Chili Witches have come in, we'll post all the Chili Witches, and we'll see what people have to say about them. That's right. I, now, I will and say what something- you have to say about them, Rhonda.
1: You're a tough crowd.
2: Well, look, I know what I want. Yeah,
1: and by the uh, way, you're the one who who's the image of the Chili Witch was so organic for you. She's so cute, this one.
2: That's Adam's Chili Witch. And she's really, and the one thing that she's really getting right that most people, I don't know why, are getting wrong is that she has the snowflakes coming out of her broom. Yes. But I will say, I don't know if I said this before and I should have, I do think the Chili Witch is a redhead.
1: You didn't say that before. Yeah.
2: But I in could my, see her, yeah, I could see her In my mind, a I knew she was a redhead. I knew she had green skin and red hair. <laughs> So I do want to put that out there in case anybody is still working on the chili witch. Sure. But she's so cute. This chili witch, she even has she even has a um little icicle coming off of a, the top of her hat.
1: So cute. Zach yeah. Monday sent us one that I thought was really cute. Big fan yeah. of the show, good friend of mine.
2: We've got a lot of cute chili witches.
1: We got some great ones. This is yeah. this was this was I haven't had a moment like this before.
2: There were a couple that were a little scary.
1: I didn't see them. There were there there were, there were a few that were scary. Which the is...
2: orange one was terrifying. That was from Zach Monday.
1: Oh, I liked her, but she I agree she's a little evil.
2: Well, she's an old fashioned chili witch.
1: That's right. She's yeah. she's she's not the the Chili Witch 2.0 that came along in the sixties.
2: Yeah, she's probably the original Chili Witch. <laughs> yeah. And she's sort of a strawberry blonde, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, it was such a success. We had such wonderful engagement online and people now, not everybody, but a lot of people have been listening to us and following us on Instagram, which we really appreciate, which has been wonderful
1: because there's so much info about the COVID Kiki up there right now and constant updates, constant giveaways.
2: They did a beautiful job doing about a million. You know how we usually do one carousel a week where we talk about the reference points of the episode? Of course. They did about a million carousels, and the, the giveaways were hugely popular. And so it was a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of fun. It definitely felt like you had to clean up the house on, you know, Monday morning after you had a huge weekend at Bernie's. Sure. You had to, you know, finding still finding... uh white claw cans under the sofa and that, and that sort of thing. Of course. Yeah. Or in your case, June June of the day. Uh, oh, I co- figured out what kombucha. it was called. What's it called?
1: June Shine.
2: June Shine.
1: Now I remember what it's and called.
2: And it's a hard kombucha. Isn't that right? I think
1: that's right. Yeah. And it yeah. was really good. I only had it once, but it was delicious.
2: Uh, so anyway, people kept sending us a few suggestions and I thought they're so good. What, what, what are we going to wait for? Why don't we just do a little quick Kiki follow up?
1: I couldn't agree more. Some
2: of these things I really want to try on my own and I have not made my ice cream yet, but I'm going to make my carriage house chip, which I think is what I'm going to make. I'm going to make a coffee carriage house chip.
1: I didn't know that the chip was part of it. That's an update. I think
2: I just decided, it's I just so decided cute. it should be a coffee chip.
1: That is adorable.
2: So I'm gonna experiment a little bit. My guess is the coffee the carriage blend is gonna be the star for that recipe.
1: Right. Yeah. I think that's probably true. Yeah. Do you want to read some of these um COVID late entries?
2: I'd absolutely love COVID to COVID
1: Kiki late entries, I should yeah,
2: say. I'd absolutely love to.
1: Do you want me to read the one about the whiskey wrecks? Or, uh, or would you like to?
2: Why see? don't you it's up to you. Why don't you start? you know I love it when you read. Oh God,
1: are you sweet?
2: It does. Hello? It puts me on the right on the right path. Really? When I get to yeah, I get to hear you fun reading well, Ronna, it.
1: that's why I'm me... drinking tea today and not oh. coffee. Because I need oh. to you know you,
2: Cut, chop your nerves off i'll get your voice ready
1: the second but why not uh-huh. the first two
2: why not
1: so this one comes from an alaskan listener that's yes. not argent
2: no Argent the seal has a, comp, a competition
1: that's right i Watch don't know if he's back.
2: argent to argent but i
1: don't either he, i do but... know he
2: had dental surgery last week because he wrote to me to tell me
1: oh good how did it go do we know it seems
2: like it went fine
1: well, this is by the way, <laughs> this is the the other Argent's time to shine if Argent is busy with dental work.
2: Yeah. Well, it seems, I think Argent thought he was the only listener in uh, the only listener in Alaska. And it turns out we've got another one. That's true. Yeah.
1: Hello, Ron and Brian. Currently, I'm on my back deck in the Alaskan summer heat enjoying a Turkish coffee whiskey cocktail and listening, that's some alliteration, Turkish coffee whiskey cocktail, and listening to the new Kiki episode. I've been listening to this podcast ever since y'all started, and this is my first time writing in. I heard that Brian wanted some whiskey recommendations for his whiskey sours and thought I might put in my two cents. As previously as previously stated, the Basil Hayden's is a wonderful option. But I really think the limited edition Basil Hayden's Caribbean Reserve Rye would mm. be perfect. It's a little on the sweeter side, but I think it would pair well with it since Brian already reduces the amount of simple in his cocktail. By the way, this guy we know is a booze aficionado because he said he just called it simple. Not yeah. simple syrup.
2: This guy knows what he's talking about.
1: Completely.
2: I don't think Argent's gonna like him a bit.
1: No. Argent Con- is furiously pe-tician. typing us right now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Also, an infusion might be a great idea. He's just, you know what he's done? He's he's released whatever he caught from his deep sea fishing pole and run to his phone. <laughs>
2: also <laughs> he ran right out of his ice hut. His exactly. ice fishing hut and straight back to his internet.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Also, an infusion might be a great idea too. <laughs> something like a dickle rye, a dickle rye. Excuse me? What did he call me?
2: Uh, a, he called it a rye.
1: <laughs> something like a dickle rye infused with some blood orange rind or vanilla might be a delicious and easy accompaniment. I can never say that word. Accompaniment.
2: Accompaniment? There we go. Accompaniment, yeah.
1: Accompliment. As for gin, since I don't I like know-
2: the idea of vanilla. I'm just going to say that
1: I don't either. I don't I li- mind the I don't orange. Like, right. That sounds great.
2: I don't like vanilla in a drink.
1: I don't either. I, I don't like either.
2: vanilla in a coffee, of course. Yeah, and in a, and in a million other ways, of course. But I but- don't really like vanilla invading my um, brown alcohols. I
1: know what you mean. It's the same to me as a vanilla candle. Don't need it. Don't want it.
2: Unless it's, of course, a coffee vanilla candle.
1: Sure. Are you coming, making candles now? Coming
2: <laughs> soon. <laughs> no, Fab. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
1: As for gin, since I know Rana likes her gin, I just got a wonderful new. Do Hendrix. I?
2: Yeah.
1: Well, you did talk about it last week because I love
2: of, a Nigrana. Yeah, it's true. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, I just got a wonderful new Hendrix bottle that would be just fabulous in a Negrana. It's okay. the new Hendrix Orbium and is one of the most odd yet delicious gins I've ever tasted. It has quinine in it, so it brings that nice yeah. bitterness that might accompany the Campari flavor very well. That makes sense. G&T. Yeah. In any event, this is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to, and I've shown this podcast to many of my friends because of the fabulous advice and wonderful witty comedy. Love, love, and kiss, kiss to you both. Love the Alaskan listener.
2: What about that? How about he wrote the Alaskan listener? Arjant? Not, not an Alaskan listener. Arjant. Don't, don't think that's going to escape Arjant's notice, because it isn't.
1: No way. Yeah. Listen, go He's back. It's all about
2: context close
1: absolutely yeah Arjun, you've got some you've got some stiff dickle and constitution. and he didn't
2: he's got some real dickle rag coming his way
1: no kidding
2: yeah <laughs> well that was a lovely letter uh, and Very i love lovely. the idea i'm going to look into that hendrix orbium because i don't know about it and that sounds it does sound like it's up alley.
1: i would like to follow up from each of the alaskans saying which part of the state they dominate
2: well, the other, that's, I'd love to know that too geographically because right. they're like polar bears. One of them could be 2,000 miles from the other one and everything's exactly. fine. Yeah, they're not in the same territory. That's so true. Kinda, it's a yeah.
1: gigantic state.
2: Yeah. I will tell you, I did send coffee, ask Ron a coffee to the uh, postman in Alaska at Ajant's post office because he said they were complaining that they had to give up the coffee when he ordered it. Because they love the smell of it so badly, so I sent it to the postmaster. Rana, there, attention the whole staff, and said, "I hope you're having, you're making it okay through quarantine, but I have not heard anything from them. So, and so
1: how does that work? It's a collect payment. I, do they they get the coffee, and then how do they end up paying you for it?
2: I paid for the coffee. It was a gift. Rana, how do you care? Why do you care how I spend my money?
1: Because I think there's other things you could be spending it on.
2: Such as?
1: A Nutribullet.
2: Oh, for the carriage house? Yeah. Yeah. Do you like a Nutribullet?
1: Well, I don't like a full blender because they, I'm not going to even lie here. They do startle me. So I would like something a little bit smaller. <laughs> That's not and even the, a joke.
2: And they're hard to clean.
1: They're very hard to clean and they, yeah. they're tough. I don't How come know.
2: you don't have a bullet or a ninja? Is that what the other one's called? I do
1: have a ninja, but it's a really big one. And the bullet I have, I gave away because I didn't think I'd need it.
2: Oh, but now you're back into shakes.
1: But not even really. I just thought it might look nice on the countertop.
2: But you're open to it. You're open to a coffee shake. I'm or a, open to yeah. anything. I think I'm going to start getting back into shakes. Into sure, sm- why not? Into smoothies in the morning. I think I'm going to start getting back into it. So I'm just giving the listeners a heads up. That. That's great. There could be some smoothie talk coming.
1: Absolutely.
2: Uh, well. And no. And
1: by the way, Rhonda does not make her smoothies, which I think is a grave mistake with sorbets.
2: You do you do? You, are you the type who still makes a 1992 smoothie with a scoop of vanilla frozen yogurt?
1: Of course, I do a, a sorbet, a vanilla frozen <laughs> yogurt, and then a few um, kiwi, and that's it. And blend it right up, and then. Go time.
2: You know what I did buy yesterday, which might give you a little hint about where I was telling Brian before we got on the ear that I picked him up a little present yesterday. So exciting! And I'm now realizing the thing I picked up for myself, I also should have picked up for you, but instead oh, I Rana, picked please. up a little something else. I picked up one of those mini ice cream uh, uh, whipped cream makers.
0: Ooh! So one
2: of those canisters. It come with the little whippets, so that you can you can put a little cream in it, and you can just have a little fresh cream that you keep in the fridge. That wow. you're making your own whipped cream, and I'm realizing now I really should have gotten you one of those. Oh,
1: it would have set me on a path, Ronna. It really would have.
2: Well, it's just cream. I mean, it I would know. have. That's true. Have, you're putting a little cream in your coffee. That's true. It, I do put it cream would have in been a coffee. way to feel like you were indulging without doing what you you know. And and you know those things use so much less of the ingredient anyway. That's, That's really the secret to a ready whip or a a whip, whatever. Right, is that it's almost nothing. Yeah, when they when they add the air to it. When you're having an old fashioned whipped cream, when somebody takes a big dollop and puts it right on there, how Very do they different. do it? How do they do it?
1: How do? They? How do
2: they make those dollops look so perfect? I'll never understand.
1: I'll never forget when your fancy cool chef friend Barbara. Yeah. She, oh, yes. She, at the, we were in your backyard. Dinner,
2: dinner was called for 5.30. It was served at 11.45.
1: And by the way, at the end, she goes, would you mind whipping the cream? And I go, no, of course not. I'm happy to help. And so I was like, oh, I wonder where, I think I asked you where your like mixer or hand blender or whatever it was. Yeah. And she goes, oh, no, no, no. Can you just do it by hand? Don't use a blender or don't use a Yeah, as though,
2: you, as though you were a chef that worked in the kitchen.
1: And I did it for about 10 seconds and then looked at her assistant and I was like, do you mind doing this? Because I knew I couldn't do it.
2: <laughs> and didn't want to.
1: And definitely didn't want yeah. to. Yeah. Even so though anyway, that dinner was one of the best I've ever had.
2: I'm excited. Well, yeah, 14 sticks of butter yeah. and, fi- and 15 truffles later, and there you go.
1: Don't the take taste like steamers? That's what she
2: said. <laughs> uh, now, speaking of Turkish coffee, whiskey, cocktails, oh, yeah, and I, and I will say this. I do think this is, that we there was a slight dig in the letter from Alaska, because what's he making a Turkish whiskey co- coffee whiskey cocktail when he could be making a carriage house coffee whiskey I've cocktail. never
1: read the all the digs at yeah. us and at yeah. Argent. I've never yeah. read such a passive It was an
2: aggressive email. letter. It, it really was an aggressive letter.
1: Inappropriate. Yeah.
2: So Gukjun Demokazic ever heard of him? Ever heard of him?
1: You mean Gojo? Yes. Gojo.
2: Gojo. Gojo, uh, Sent us about uh, 48 things for the COVID Kiki that He's he wanted so us great. to know that he was up to. And then there was a Pat 2 letter that he couldn't believe. He smashed himself on the forehead and had a eureka. He couldn't believe he forgot to mention these other two things. He's the best. So has a couple of things that he forgot to mention. One is something called a mass hand sanitizer, it's a Los Angeles based boutique. Gin and vodka distillery who have been making a delicious smelling hand sanitizer called, called Four Thieves Ooh. with cinnamon, clove, eucalyptus, and allspice. He came across the travel size of it in a cafe and immediately fell in love. He likes his hand sanitizers non-sticky, liquidy, sure. with a lot of alcohol so that it's potent against germs and freshening for the skin. And Amas met all of his criteria. Wow, this was, this was interesting. He said it almost feels like what would the resu- what the result would be if Aesop produced Turkish Colonia, which is. I don't know if you've this, but when you go to Turkey, it's a distilled, most commonly lemon-scented, refreshing substance we mm. offer to our guests at home or at work. Ooh. I got the travel size for $7. It goes a long way, so I highly recommend it, and that's amass, A-M-A-S-S dot com slash, slash do your own research to figure out where that is on the on their website. But uh, Turkish colonia is like a little lemon water that is usually, or a lemon alcohol mixture that is usually kept in sort of a glass, almost like an old-fashioned glass perfume bottle. Mm-hmm. And so when you go to someone's home, they'll give it to you to put on your hands or to to uh, sort of Freshen put on up your, with. Yes. And my guess, and I don't know this for sure, and I'm sure Gojo can tell us where the tradition comes from, but my guess is it has to do something with the Muslim tradition of when you go to mosque- you have to uh, take off your shoes, wash your hands. Right. So when someone, when you welcome a visitor into their your home, you are offering them the opportunity to freshen up,
1: be clean, cleansing. Yes.
2: Then he's obsessed with citizens of humanity. Has masks? Has this masks?
1: Okay. Do you Is know about the... these? They make sorry and um, Candyland and something like that, right?
2: What do you mean? Oh, no, that's the Parker Brothers.
1: Oh. The board game? Yes. Okay, then no.
2: Citizens of Humanity-Haz Brothers Mass. Citizens of Humanity have collaborated with LA-based artists. Very LA, all of this.
1: Well, he moved here, and and all of a sudden he's finding out things that people who have lived here for years don't know.
2: Yeah, well, that's exactly who he is.
1: That is who who he is. I wish I had more of that.
2: L.A.-based artists Nikolai and Simon Haas for the most fun and comfortable fabric masks I have seen. They have both the regular version and two more colorful Pride versions. And I love these masks because especially the regular one is made of a super soft cloth and the bottom straps are loose. You have to tie them so it never irritates the skin around the neck and ears. Note that the Pride version is a cotton blend. So these are on the Citizens of Humanity website he also mentioned the boy smells candles which you've heard of i'm sure
1: i haven't what is that
2: boy smells i believe is oh, the brand yeah yes. they did a they did a pride collection
1: yes yeah I, I have heard of these
2: yeah and then we had a few follow-ups from instagram do you want to look at those
1: yes we we got um mr or m
2: thank you go joe thank your, you go joe for your hashtag kiki dump as he
1: m rilling so 2M's Rilling, uh, wrote to us about these candy-colored glasses called At Estelle Colored Glasses.
2: Oh, yeah, gorgeous.
1: Apparently, they're beautiful, and they're more affordable than Zalto, which I didn't know. And the brand- Zalto's
2: my Austrian uh, wine glasses that I talked about during Ron. Oh, of course.
1: Okay, so they're more affordable than Zalto. And uh, Estelle Colored Glasses is owned by a black woman. So, I. but then she said, "I'm considering ordering a cake stand just for decoration." Oh, they're not glasses.
2: So no, she has a colored glasses. First of all, I think that's a possibly a play on words. I don't know. No, wanna, I think so
1: too. But which but I think is very cute. I was but she thinking eyeglasses.
2: She oh no, they're they're glasses for drinking, wine glasses, cocktail glasses. They're gorgeous. They're sort of candy colored. Oh, Colored glass Got is it. the company, and then I think she makes cake stands too. So Merling is thinking about buying a cake, Steve.
1: Fabulous.
2: Which would be perfect for a Beatty's chocolate cake or a chip, a giant chip witch or just to display your butterscotch blondies or whatever.
1: Or something closer to my heart, Rana. Yeah. Which Bill Budd wrote in about. Okay. You want to hear his classic COVID dessert? Oh, yeah,
2: this sounded perfect for you. Yeah, this did.
1: Listen, I've had plenty of it. <clears throat> Ambrosia. Rona, have
2: you ever had it? I don't think I have.
1: Okay. Well his version. Maybe of amb- I
2: tried it once. I want because of Edward Sizihans, I wanted to try it.
1: It's basically marshmallows like whipped cream and fruit is the traditional pineapple usually is the traditional like, Amber... Like a trifle. Like a trifle. Yeah. But like but like way less like who cares about the layers, you know? Yeah. So he uses Oh more
2: like a mess. Like more like a mess. mess. Like yeah. an
1: eaten mess. Yeah. So he uses uh, cocoa whip, which is just vegan cool whip, vegan mini marshmallows, fresh diced cherries, no pits, fresh blueberries, and sliced to small chunks of fresh pineapple. And he mix and lets it lets it sit for five hours and enjoy. Ronna, that's another thing I could bring over with my whiskey sours.
2: I look forward to it.
1: Great. Yeah, ambrosia we've a, got a
2: We've got to set a date.
1: But I always put meat in my ambrosia, so I'll do it yeah. a little different.
2: What? <laughs> no. Is that a thing? No, I
1: doubt it. <laughs> I Only don't know. I didn't know marshmallows were not vegan.
2: I was going to say, well, they're made of gelatin.
1: Oh, of course.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, I don't really understand the marshmallows. It feels like too much sweetness, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: I think it's a texture thing. Um, yeah. And it's definitely a little bit of a, it's definitely a Southern thing. I did have it growing up. Um, With pink
2: marshmallows?
1: When I would like visit my grandparents. Yes. Yeah. Um And they never made it, but like- Their friends would.
2: Their neighbors made it.
1: Exactly. It was that kind of thing. Like, oh. And
2: I will bring the ambrosia salad.
1: The grandkids are coming? Oh, we'll bring over a salad.
2: Yeah. That was what they said. She said in Edward's hands. I think it was Kathy Baker. She said, and I will bring the ambrosia salad. She's
1: so sexy in that movie. Yeah, very. So great.
2: Uh, Then Anna wrote to us offering her sanity-saving ritual. Hello, okay. my dear Ronna, and always, Brian. Thank you. I couldn't hold back for share from sharing the quarantine ritual that has saved my sanity this summer. Wine spritzer Fridays. No matter what has happened in my week or how much I have on Friday, I simply must cease all activity promptly at 5 p.m. and make myself a white wine spritzer a la piscine. That means with some ice cubes in it.
1: Great. I
2: have switched up some of the combinations week to week. Lately, I have been enjoying Vino Verde topped off with Trader Joe's blood orange seltzer and a squeeze of fresh lemon. But more recently, I've been using grapefruit spindrift and fresh lime juice, and it's heaven. Can't wow. wait to listen to all the other fabulous ideas from listeners around the world. Kiss, kiss, Ian.
1: Does she put, I wonder if she ever has like an Aperol spritz, but those sound delicious.
2: They do. I have to say that. Trader Joe's blood orange seltzer has come up more than once.
1: Yeah. I think that that's a thing now that people yeah. like that seltzer. People yeah.
2: are really enjoying that. And you know, I of course will never try it because it, how would I get my hands on it? But, well,
1: that'd be easy. I could get it for you.
2: And Gojo also did mention some sort of a sparkling black tea with peach from also from Trader Joe. That's not that's my about jam. 15 calories.
1: I don't think that's my thing.
2: A sparkling flavored ice tea. Like
1: now they're doing like sparkling coffee and stuff too. And I just, this just not for me.
2: I know they're putting coffee and now they want Coca-Cola coffee. Yep. Right?
1: Yes. In uh, everything. Everything. It's going in everything. To
2: me, you got to go back to the basics on coffee. Get your own beans, grind them yes. fresh, roasted and shipped the same day.
1: Ronna, where could someone do that?
2: You know, I've heard of this tiny little coffee company. Oh boy. I mean, I hesitate to tell you because I don't want them to become overwhelmed with the orders, and then I won't be able to get my coffee anymore.
1: Oh, uh, right.
2: But since we're just friends here, I guess I could tell you. Yeah? It's called com.
1: <gasps> I won't so, say a word, I
2: promise. Shh. And they do two blends, actually, and each one is better than the next, but they just serve different purposes. Sure. One of them is a carriage house blend. Ugh. Bright blonde, chocolatey. I mean, this is an everyday coffee that elevates every day. Yeah. And then the other one, you Mm. walk into the room and it demands that you take notice of it. Why? It it is a scented coffee. Not a flavored coffee.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, there is a difference. (gasps)
2: Rana. It's just a gorgeous cup of coffee. Absolutely beautiful. And then on its way out the door, it decided to give itself... One more spray of vanilla perfume. And so now when it walks through the door, you think, who's that? It's a head turner. Whoa. Yeah. Shades of vanilla.
1: Askronacoffee.com if you want to know what we're talking about.
2: Now, we have a fabulous guest today.
1: Oh, so funny. So smart.
2: He's one of my favorite people to hang out with. He's great. He's like a young Burt Reynolds. He
1: is, he is sort of like, he's, by the way, he is like one of those people who you think is just fun. And then you're like, oh no, he's got all the smarts too. He's like such a smart guy. He's got it all. The
2: complete package. Yeah. People Uh, love him. We, we should get to him because we should spend some time with him and people are really, I mean, he's a real, if you know who this guy is, you love this guy. Oh, there's one more thing I have to say. Yes. Before we get on to him. We had one more recommendation come in from the COVID Kiki. Oh. Which was a Kiki pick, otherwise known as something people were either reading or watching, et cetera. Okay. And speaking of reading, by the way, we'll be doing Andre Talley's Chiffon Trenches in the Carriage House. Chiffon um, And that'll be on Patreon. We'll Patreon. will discuss it on the 28th of the month. But Paul F. Tompkins
1: adore. and
2: Janie Haddad adore. Had, haddad we uh, listening to the episode. Now, first of all, if you don't know who they are, you're crazy. But they happen to be not only fabulous guests that were on this podcast, but hosts of their own fabulous podcast together called Stay F. Homekins, which have they released
1: doing. a line of Homekins yet? Of those they, dolls? I haven't
2: seen the Homekins dolls come. Okay. I think they're coming Christmas 2021. Oh,
1: okay. Good, good.
2: But the Homekins, uh, their show comes out every Friday. Uh, and it is honestly It's so entertaining and it's such a wild ride Yeah, because even though they've been married forever, I think they're so constantly surprising each other. I think they
1: are. I think they do. They're constantly making each other laugh and raise their eyebrows and all those
2: things. Yeah. And so it's really fun to be sort of the third person sitting in that seat when you're listening to them. Yes. And it's wherever you get your podcasts. But they texted us and said, we're watching The Bureau. Yes. Which is a French spy show. Yes. So I immediately started watching the Bureau.
1: What's the verdict?
2: I'm about five episodes in.
1: You must like it,
2: and I'm really enjoying it. But the funny thing is, I can't tell if the show is incredibly well plotted and keeping me on my toes because I don't really know what's going to happen next. I can't tell if it's because of the way the show is put together okay. or whether it's that I truly can't. I don't understand French people or their motivations in this world. <laughs> You never it is know. so French this show. The way everything everybody is so passive aggressive and abusive to one another sure. but also passionate. on the same team and passionate and dison nobody trusts anybody. I mean, but somehow they just make it it's a beautiful mess and they all just make it work.
1: Listen, liberty, liberty,
2: Liberté, égalité, fraternité.
1: Exactly. That's well, where freedom would, was invented, right? Well, there.
2: those were on that was on Jordan's Bar Mitzvah theme. Oh, when because we did he the did... Lay Mis, He did the pad the petty that said Liberte, Egalite, Fraternite. And then he had a big banner, which he came through like Jean Valjean. It was terrific. What do you really mean?
1: He like busted through sick. a banner?
2: Of course. Terrific.
1: As Jean terrific. Valjean?
2: Yeah, and then he did a costume change to Javert later in the night. I mean, it was fabulous. Wow.
1: Yeah, that and seems- And all
2: of the caterers were wearing like rags.
0: Oh, I don't know about have that And
2: sort of, they have a sort of, uh, we well, probably couldn't do something like that in this day and age. You've got to wait another 10 years. Okay. Uh, or you probably <laughs> could have done it two years ago, but now that Trump's on his way out, fingers crossed, you sure. can't do it anymore. But it was so cute. They have makeup they can put on their feet to make them look dirty. And they were all wearing those- Nightcaps and carrying candles. Oh, and yeah. yeah! Wow, For that must have been the candle lighting. They made a whole candle lighting. It was a. I don't want to say it was like Beauty and the Beast because that really undersells how elegant it was. Right. But I want people to get a sense of the costumes.
1: It sounds very, very specific.
2: It wasn't cheap. Yeah, it wasn't I
1: bet, cheap. I bet not. Yeah,
2: I bet it was not. gorgeous. They did a gorgeous job.
1: It sounds. I mean, it definitely sounds like something I've never seen.
2: A night to remember.
1: Right. Yeah, I bet. Around. I bet.
2: Yeah. But yeah. anyway, I'm watching the Bureau. We're going to see where it goes. But uh, yeah, I can't, I honestly can't tell if the show is really well put together and they're playing a long game and things keep, you know, slipping out or what, sure. or if it's just that I absolutely don't understand French people and how they <laughs> operate. So.
1: Well, that's enough to get me watching.
2: And Mathieu Kasavitz is the uh, lead, and he is ter- uh, terrific. I'm Who is that? He's terrible. He's fabulous. Mathieu Kasavitz. I believe he was in um, Lorraine Margot with uh, Isabella a 110 that's... years ago. Oh, I see. And he's just a huge star in France. Great. You might know him as Mathieu Kasavitz, but it's Mathieu Kasavitz.
1: Listen, I don't know him as either, but I'm thrilled he's around. He's about four
2: and a half feet tall. Sure. He's one of those actors that when you start seeing him in certain, you say, is that guy, am I shoulders wider than that guy's shoulders? right. Yeah.
1: Is he also the kind? Because I feel like the French play this card a lot, where at first blush, you don't think someone's attractive. And then, like, the more you sink into them, you're like, oh, wait, you actually are very sexy.
2: Correct. I have to say, I always thought he was sort of ugly. I I never thought he was sort of of the same era as Daniel O'Teal and uh, Gerard. Depardieu. Depardieu. Yeah, he's he's younger than Gerard Depadu, okay. but he was sort of a young upstart at the, I mean, no one was less attractive than Gerard Depadu.
1: Truly. But I think he was like a sex icon in, in France. No
2: question. Yeah. No question.
1: I could never cross that line with him. Like I always wanted to find him sexy, but I never really did.
2: You'd have to be French to understand.
1: I think that's right.
2: I really think it's that sort of a thing. I think you're right. Uh, and then Vincent Perez was around that same time as Matthew Kassavitz. Okay. And uh, who's the other one who I love more than anything? Cassell. That's who I love. Mm-hmm. Vincent Cassell. Boy. I'd attack
1: love a- it, attack it, attack it.
2: I love A Lost Weekend with Vincent Cassell. He's pretty that, sexy. Yeah, that But would be not really in the fun. movie
1: Elizabeth. But he's hysterical in it, but not sexy.
2: Yes, he plays a fop in that. Yes. Yeah.
1: But in Black Swan- very sexy.
2: In everything. Yeah. Uh, but in any event, Daniel Kasavitz, you or Matthew Katziewicz, you sort of, it's very funny because there's an ID card. He has an ID card, like a passport. Right. And they keep going back to that picture. And in that picture, his hair is cut short, 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 like a military haircut. hmm And he looks so handsome. He's about, probably about 10, and I kept laughing because I thought that picture's 10 years old. Sure. And they keep using it. It's obviously the one he said. He's the one. Oh, you need a picture, passport picture? Here's my passport. This is the one. And so he's still a handsome guy, but you keep, I'm sort of yearning for that shorter haircut. Yeah. Uh, But so he has his moments, but he hasn't quite convinced me that I wish he would sneak up on me just yet.
1: Well, watch the bureau. And in the meantime, our terrific guest, Case. Closed
2: and check out Stay at Homekins on Friday nights with Janie and Paul. Yes, that's when it releases. They record it and release it, just like our coffee. It is recorded and roasted and released the same day.
1: And Homekins dolls coming this winter.
2: Yes, Holiday 2020. <laughs> Attention, Carriage House members. Run a year to tell you all about Anchor.fm. Anchor is the fabulous app that we use to create our podcast. And let me tell you something. You can use it to create a podcast of your own. It's totally free. They have these terrific creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, if you're that sort of person. I have a staff, excuse me. And now you can even add Any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, which is pretty fabulous. The possibilities are totally endless. So download the free Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Kiss, kiss. Rana here. We promised it to you on the Kiki, and it's waiting for you in your feed now. A special bonus episode where I read you a lovely bedtime story right from my home in Mabelhead, Massachusetts. It's Rana Reads, The Giving Tree. Wait for the twist, excuse me. Hope you love it. A little something to calm you all to bed. Kiss, kiss, love, Rana. Brian.
1: Rana, hang on a minute. This I is... don't know how
2: we got our hands on this guy.
1: I'm already laughing. I'm already laughing. He's supposed
2: smiling. to be shooting cannonball run. During this, where he's playing, during COVID, he's supposed to be shooting a, co- a Cannonball Run movie right? where he plays Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise. He plays both parts.
1: Isn't that incredible? Oh, right. You said yeah. before this that, he, that you think he's a young Burt I've, Reynolds.
2: I've said it all. I say it, and I say it all the time. And until Hollywood starts listening to me, I'm not going to start saying I hate to tell you, it.
1: Ron, I think Hollywood is listening.
2: Yeah. I think they I think they are. But I don't know why he doesn't call up Seth Rogan, who's probably a friend of his and say, Look, I need hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars and a Lamborghini. Right. And we're gonna shoot cannonball run, we're gonna shoot it dirty, as they say. Uh-huh. And maybe my son Jordan could even be sort of a PA or maybe he could do second a unit. PA second unit. He could do second unit. Okay. Uh, and they're gonna because you know everybody's been doing the Cannonball Run. Yes. People have been because the now the roads are full of AVs with people pretending That's they're having so wonderful nice. vacations yeah. to all of the different state packs. When Ronna, I really want to say this is the bathroom. fourth
1: episode we've talked about the Cannonball Run. Yeah, and well, so, it's a
2: big it's a big theme in quarantine. It's a
1: big everyone is talking yeah. about it. Without yeah. further adieu, yeah, please welcome from high and mighty. And action boys, both available anywhere you get your podcast. The one, the only, John, John Gabrus. Gabrus. Believe it.
0: Hello, John. Hi. Thank, thank you for having me. And Have thank, you talked John, to Seth I'm, Rogen?
1: Have you talked to Seth Rogen or Will you? I can't. I'm too much of an anti semite.
0: <laughs> no, uh, I just. Uh, <laughs> oh. And now the show's over. Now the show's You're over. You're warming
1: right up to Rana. <laughs>
0: no uh i wish i wish i was friends with seth rogan um because i do and i appreciate it ron because everyone says i'm like the guy from Cannibal run and i know they mean dom DeLuise. well they're wrong but you're the you're the only one who ever gives me bert and that is that is i do believe
2: that, that i think your kind. wife knows what i'm talking about <laughs> oh yes she yeah. does <laughs> yes she does how are you dear how are you holding up
0: I'm doing great. I think uh, I don't mean to brag. I understand a lot of people are in terrible situations, but I've been I'm built for quarantine. I'm a stoner video game player whose entire living is made off talking to a microphone, which is pandemic proof. So I'm on. And because I can't party out at bars and eat late, I've like lost weight. I feel awful. My life is
1: better. (laughs) John, I'm right there with you. I actually feel like I am (laughs) thriving in this, which is a horrible thing to say, but it just it just is.
0: I have so much time for like self-reflection and my wife is working full time so like she's just in the other room constantly working and nice. I'm kind of like a, back to my latchkey kid childhood where I'm like <laughs> I have one thing a day that I have to do and I sort of just can't bother my wife. So otherwise I'm just like quiet tiptoeing around my house being like I'm going to go for a walk again. Yeah. Like I'm just <laughs> I feel terrible. I feel terrible. I miss I people. I miss mean. performing all that but I'm I'm making y- the best of it.
2: You're having a blast.
0: I'm having a blast. Are
2: you watching anything? Are, do you and Tiff watch anything together at the end of the day? Do you have shows that you watch? Or how does that work?
0: Oh, we have shows. We have a chalkboard in the kitchen with programs written on it that we're going to power through. Oh, that's like, fun. Because we always forget. We always sit down to watch a show or a movie and we're like, what do you want to watch? And then we like surf for like 40 minutes and then we're like, oh, we've been meaning to watch L.A. Story or some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the show we just finished last night which ended with both of us hysterical crying was Love on the Spectrum. Holy I hear shit, it's oh.
2: incredible.
1: I hear it's what so good. What is this
2: show? Yeah, what is this show?
0: It's the most touching thing I've watched and like I know w- what everyone feels about I don't I, I don't know what how everyone feels about every program, but like Queer Eye when it fr- the new Queer Eye when it first came back, yeah. I was like this is so kind. Like I haven't watched kind television in a long time.
2: Have you watched We're Here yet?
0: What's what was we're that? here? We're here. What? Have
2: you watched that?
0: No, what's we're here?
2: Oh, you have to we're here.
0: W apostrophe H E A R.
2: W E Well, here we go. we got a wise guy in the house. I love it. we got a fox in the hen It's W W-E- here.
1: It's W E A H H E A H.
2: I got it. Correct. We're here. We're here. If you think queer eye right is touching and sincere, Wait till you see we're here.
0: Oh, that's yeah. I, I, I'm writing it's it on down HBO
2: now. and HBO max and you're going to love it. But oh, so oh, love, that's the love, drag Queens. That's yes, right. exactly. Yes.
0: Yes. I've been meaning to watch that as well. So wait
2: a second. What's love on the spectrum about? And then we'll get to our questions.
0: It's about, um, people on the, aut- uh, with ASD yeah. autism spectrum disorder, trying to find love. And like, uh, not in a competitive way just a documentary and Mm -hmm. interviewing them and letting them go out and meet uh meet other people on the spectrum and go on dates and it's just (laughs) absolutely touching and i don't if i'm if i'm stereotyping spectrum here by it's by accident but there's a lot of frankness there's not a lot of sarcasm or flowery language and it's like refreshing weirdly it's refreshing to watch people just be earnest where they're like, I do not think I would like to go on another date with you. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I enjoy you as a friend, but I do not feel the spark that I am looking for. Just people, frankly saying that to each other, I'm yes, getting goosebumps man. thinking about it. Cause it's just, it's wild to just see that on display and and everyone Fabulous. is so sweet and they're so and people looking for love but not looking for fame is so unheard of on reality television sure. so it's such a delight to just watch people looking for love but not to also get the honeymoon package with the cocktail waitress turned yeah. bachelorette or whatever.
2: Fabulous. I'm going to check that out. And
1: I've been hearing wonderful things about it.
0: And here's my pitch. Five episodes. <laughs> like the most, the most love, exciting thing to hear these days is like, oh, it's not four twenty I know, episodes. I everyone says,
2: <laughs> oh, start yeah, start. T- there's only twenty seasons. Stat now.
0: <laughs> you should watch Money Heist. How many episodes? A hundred, right. and it's in Spanish. Yeah. You're yeah. like,
1: okay, all right. You should start. <laughs> and, I just started. And then you
2: have to watch the other one. Yeah.
1: I just started NCIS last night. It is so good, and <laughs> I've watched one a night, so I'll probably finish in.
2: Yeah, when you when you retire.
1: Yeah, it's very so that's my retirement plan.
2: You'll you'll look like
0: William Peterson by the time you finish. That's an enormous compliment.
2: (laughs) Oh wait, NCIS is Mark Harmon. You know what? You beat
1: me both times. I've never I couldn't (laughs) name one person in that. All right,
2: we've gotta we've gotta get to the show now, if that's okay. Whatever you you say,
1: Ron. Yes. Let's let's do it.
2: Okay. I'm going to read the first question. I want you to. I just decided.
1: That's great. Okay. You always ask me to. So this is very Rana, I feel like we you're really building your confidence. I really do. Uh,
2: that is something people have always said for me is that I, about me that I suffer from a lack of confidence. <laughs> That's always been one of one of my uh, I've been handicaps. Been worried. Yes,
0: yeah. I've heard that a few times. I'm like a wallflower, meek. I got to <laughs> just get out there and <laughs> introduce myself to people.
2: <laughs> Dear Rana and Brian. And guest. That's John. I'm writing Man. for advice about how to deal with my guilt about my sister. My sister and I are both in our early 40s. She has been mentally ill for as long as I can remember. Our Adolescence was filled with, freak, adolescence was filled with frequent hospitalizations, lots of suicide attempts, and generally erratic behavior. For the past 10 years, she has been relatively stable. She continues to struggle emotionally, will never be healthy enough to hold down a stable job, and has ups and downs that can be debilitating for her. That said, the downs are much less frequent and much, much less dramatic than they used to be. We have very different people. I was desperate to get out of my crazy house as a kid and launched quickly, never turning back. I set up really firm boundaries with my family when I realized that I couldn't, quote, fix the crazy, and now have a relationship where I visit a couple times a year and keep a safe distance. I am really lucky. I am healthy, functioning, have a strong marriage, beautiful kids, and a solid career. Tf- I don't know what this means. Oh, oh, I see. I don't either. It's, it's sp- spitting, uh, knock on wood, basically. Oh, okay, okay. So she says, "Tu to, hamsa, hamsa.
1: Got it. Which ah. I think is
2: basically like, knock on wood. Right. Okay. The crux of the issue is this. My partner and I, and don't think I didn't notice, she snuck in a little Arabic for me to speak. By the way, <laughs> speaking of anti-Semites. Okay. <laughs> The crux of the issue is this. My partner and I recently bought our first home. We are so excited about this. Our kids have been cooped up in an apartment throughout quarantine and are losing their minds. Now they will have a yard and a sprinkler and other kids on the block they can socially distance play with. The house wasn't cheap and it's pretty easy to see how much we uh, spent by just Googling the address, which my sister has done and everyone else in your life, excuse me. This exciting change in our life is coinciding with a particularly bad down period for my sister. She is depressed, sometimes suicidal, and very importantly, extremely poor. Her disability income isn't enough for her to live on. She is never able to make enough money to really support herself, and the odd jobs she often takes on are less available during COVID. She's poor enough that it's hard to find quality medical and mental health care, and she recently told me that she eats only one meal a day due to her lack of cash. Gosh. Ugh, I feel gross about this. In the past, I have felt angry with her for not getting her shit together and getting better and finding a job. Now I feel more acutely aware of how easily I could have ended up just like her. I know I have worked hard to get to where I am in my life, but let's be honest, a lot of my successes are due to lack to luck in life and the fact that I was not born with the same genetic disposition as she was. Things could have turned out very different for me. So what do I do? I don't want to support. I don't want to support her financially. I'm not even sure if I could, if I wanted to, I don't want her to go hungry and I don't want her to suffer in mentally ill poverty for the rest of her life, but it feels intractable and I'm not sure how to act. I've been sending her gift certificates for grocery stores and helping her to find a therapist, but these actions Actions feel like I'm stuffing pebbles in a gaping hole in a dam. I'm coloring my excitement about the new house and about the good parts of my life in general. I'd love to hear what you th- what you think. I enjoy you both so much. Kiss, kiss, M.G.
1: Well, we started out light, and I'm thankful for that.
2: <sighs> yes.
1: Um, that was
2: heavy, heavy, heavy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: She sounds like that, a great person. This the person writing in. I mean, sounds like she's a good person. John, what were you going to say?
2: I was
0: going to say this is this is uh difficult. This is uh I I am not envious of your situation obviously.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
0: it's a hard place to be in, but at the, at the same time like and I don't and I say this as a non-mental health professional and a person who lives who's 40, who lives in an apartment and the most expensive thing he owns is a PlayStation. I think uh I think you need to also live your life though. Like she needs, uh, MG needs to live their life as well. Mm-hmm. Be- and I know you're going to struggle with the guilt of having a sister who's uh, m- uh, in a much more unfortunate situation than you, but do what you can to help. But like you do need to own a home. You do like want to continue your life too. And you have to live your life for yourself and your, fa- your immediate family your uh your partner and children if that's what you have as much as you need to take care of your sister like you it's it's a push and pull that's life you know that uh i can relate to wanting to get out of the house and being distant i uh, i did that part already but not for any as dire reasons but it's that guilt will that's inevitable
1: like right like i think so i th- i think that that like there's no to sign
0: your good
1: person there's no <laughs> like going empathetic going yeah, clear with this like there just isn't right. because if um if you're all in on your sister that means you're not all in on your own family yes and i think i think you really sound like a kind and generous person i i weirdly do have experience with this i don't personally but my parents do with siblings and it is tough and it is rough. And I think uh, my mom is, was the guardian of my aunt for a very long time. Um, but you can't, you just can't give up your life for someone like that. I think that you're on the right track, making them more comfortable. And I don't think it's just pebbles in a dam to give your sister gift certificates and, and that sort of yes. thing. I think it's, I mean, it sounds like you're really helping her life out and her survival out, even. And that's dramatic, but truly. Um, so I actually think that's, that seems actually like a great solution and that you're doing it already, that you help in ways that make you comfortable and that make her comfortable really. But I, I don't really see how you could go much further into this. And like John said, I think you will always have heartache over this, but you also have to take care of yourself.
2: Yeah. I think you both are dead on on this. I mean, I think this is the thing, especially the last thing you just said. This is a lifelong situation and a lifelong feeling. It's never going, even when she's having, going through a, a good phase where she's a little bit happier and things seem more stable, the bad phase is always coming. And the fear is always of that thing, that threat is always going to be present in your life. That it's not, it's never going to, it's wonderful when she has good days and it feels nice to be together as a family, but this is an unstable person and this is her lot in life. This is how it's going to be. So all of these little things that you're doing to help her feel better uh, or to help, how shall I say, contribute to the structure of her life are incredibly important because these are the little things, honestly, from the situation that you're describing that are the difference between someone having a place to live and someone to call, and becoming homeless, because there are so many people, uh, so many of our homeless people who are mentally ill and just don't have any support system in their lives, or they or they reject that support system, and and that's just the way that they're able to do it. it doesn't mean we should stop trying to help them, but Brian is right in that if you don't keep an eye on the sort of percentages of where you're spending your, putting your attention, you have a young family. You're allowed to be happy. Your, your happiness doesn't have to always be in relief of her, of her situation. You're allowed to be thrilled to have a new house. I do worry that, that may be sad and and worried me a little bit. And I'm curious what you two think about the idea, because it's something that, I have done in the past and then you try not to do, which is sort of diminishing when good things are happening for you. You don't have to, you don't have to brag in someone's face, but you should feel like you can enjoy life's victories when they happen. And that person should care enough about you to be happy for you also. And often that's not the reality of mental illness or whatever, personality disorders or jerks, whatever you want to say. But I don't think you should sell out this time in your family's life. It sounds like nice things are happening for you with the new house and the kids in a new neighborhood and that you really should try to find a way to feel comfortable with being happy about that.
0: Yeah. I think in like a super heightened universe, you're, you're thinking you're walking past walking down Rodeo drive, holding Burberry right, bags, right. walking yeah. past your own sister. Who's like asking for change. And you're like turning your nose up. Like, I feel like that's what you're worried you're coming across as, as purchasing yeah. a, a house. That's more like that a house. That's maybe got, got a big price tag on it or whatever. But at the same time, you're buying a house, you're living in your house. You're helping your, you're help You're still helping your family. I, I think what Rana said is like the most important thing is like, uh, You can't bank down your happiness because you feel bad for other people. Like, And also, there will be –
1: yes, please.
0: Sorry. No, I was going to say –
1: and also, there will be – and again, this I know just from my own family. There will be plenty of time for if things get really bad that she can move in with you. Why rush that? Do you know what I mean? Why even (laughs) – that's something that sort of happened with us after we all left the house – she sort of distanced herself in that way of just like I'm taking care of you from afar. I'm not footing the bill for any from for everything either, but I'm taking care of you from afar. There is plenty of time to go all in on this, and now is not. And that
2: those time. boundaries, she's and not And those there. boundaries are really important, and they're also really important to her important to her independence. Yes, and
1: because what worst case you end up doing all this stuff for your sister, your family resents you for it, and you resent your sister for it. You know, like And you you really
2: just have to keep in mind so many of these wounds are so old. They come from that feeling of either living in the same house together or sharing a bedroom. Or I mean, I'm sure MG could tell us forty eight stories about being in high school when she was asked to a dance and the sister had a breakdown that night and she didn't get to go. Or, you know, they were in a restaurant and they had to leave. Or any All of these myriad little disappointments that happen in your life when there's somebody mentally ill and unstable. And that's why she wanted to leave the house as fast as she could, because she didn't want to live in that kind of a house.
1: Yeah, you have to feel safe. And so
2: these boundaries are so important. But the other thing is you have to remember, identity-wise, you are now, you are a mother and you are someone who is running a household with your partner and that is your family. Your sister is also your family, but this, your primary focus is your new family. And those are the people you really owe it to because otherwise what's going to happen is it's going to affect your marriage. It's going to affect how the kind of home that your kids grow up in. It's going to affect how they feel about, you know, you don't want them to grow up in a house that they want to get out of the second they can get out of too. And, totally,
1: and if the by the way, if the pebbles are keeping the dam from exploding, just keep putting them in. True, sounds like she's It sounds like she's, like, ve- sounds like she's very
2: thoughtful about it. That she's trying to find a therapist. That she's sending her grocery gift cards, all that sort of thing. But you can also only help people as much as they'll allow you to. And then right. there is your guilt that you have to deal with. About it's really sort of almost like survivor's guilt. Why did I get this? Why? We came from the same DNA. How come she got this and I got that? And it actually doesn't matter how come. This is just where you are. So you can either get pulled down, dragged down by this, or you can choose to be pulled up by what's going on in the rest of your life.
0: I think you're not going to, I don't, I'm not saying absolve yourself uh, and release yourself from your sister, but release yourself from the guilt you feel. Because that is, and I'm just – from what I've read and from what I'm shooting from outside the – from the hip here, it is out of your control. You are not at fault. You are not the guilty party. I, I understand the feeling. I think what you're feeling is what we – good people call empathy. So yes. you're, allowed, you're allowed to feel bad, but it's not on you. So release yourself from being hurt about this. Understand I'm so the fact that you wrote this letter and do these things already means that you shouldn't feel guilt. Because yeah. you totally. really are like the fact that you are even concerning yourself with should I I'm dealing with feelings of guilt means your your brain is all and heart are working yeah. on a you're higher a lo- level already. Yeah.
2: Yes. You're a lovely, empathetic person. Yes. But yeah. take care of yourself and take care of your family. That's where your focus needs to be. Uh yep. Again, we're not, saying, we're not saying abandon your sister in any way. We're just saying put it in perspective. Correct. And also, where's the rest of your family? I'd like to know.
1: Oh, you mean the parents The and parents
2: stuff? or if there's another sibling or any of that. But I mean, you know, those right. patterns get set long ago. True. Uh, okay.
1: All right. Dear Rana and Brian and guest John, thank you for providing loads of laughs each week. I'd love some advice on how to talk to a friend. I've known Elle a couple years, and she's never been one to shy away from giving her opinion. She's vocal on almost every topic, which mostly makes for fun conversation, but does get frustrating because she can rarely agree to disagree. Lately, she's had a lot of negative opinions on my relationship with my boyfriend. When we met, he was happily married and had just begun an open relationship with his wife— Cut to years later, we've kept in contact. He's amicably split split from his wife, and he and I have begun dating. I'm even moving across the country in the fall to live with him. I'm sorry. <laughs> Elle has known about him from the beginning. <laughs> these
0: these phrases just make me feel every inch of 38 years old. I like, <laughs> I'm like I'm... 100%, 100%. You, mean, Listen,
1: you mean glad
2: to be 38 as opposed to as opposed to 28? Yeah, that's supposed yeah. to growing
0: up
1: in
2: this yeah. time?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Because at first I was, well, we'll see what happens. This is interesting. Uh, when we met, he was happily married, had an open relationship. Okay. I'm moving across the country in the fall. You know, to happily
2: right married, now. open relationship.
1: Yeah, and then, ha- I met and him when he was happily married. And then
2: the marriage fell apart. <laughs> because he wasn't happily married. Because he had an open relationship. Because right. it doesn't I usually think- work. But anyway, go on. Yeah.
1: Okay. It's L not has that it's not a thing
2: him. that can exist. It's just that- Of course
1: it can, but- There is a, right.
2: usually a sell-by date on this sort of arrangement. No, I mean, yeah. the,
1: usually the idea of an yeah. open relationship is like, we're so solid that nothing could break yes. us off. <laughs> like, that's exactly. usually the idea. Yeah. Okay, so- uh Elle has known about him from the beginning and has been very vocal that she does not approve of our relationship. She thinks that he does not value the sanctity of marriage and that oh. he was disrespecting his now ex. She frequently said things like, well, I could never do that. And if it were me, I would never treat someone I love that way. She recently got married. She has now begun talking about my, my relationship to our mutual friend, saying that he's a bad person and disgusting. <laughs> and she refuses to get to know him. <laughs> She refuses to get to know him because she assumes she already knows who he Mm. is. All these things are hurtful because I love and value her as a person. I want to talk to her about this in a constructive way. She's wanted to cut people out of her life for trivial things and is very sensitive when people stand up to her. I'm not naive to think that I'll ever get her to agree with my decisions, as not many do. But I only ask that she support me as a friend. How do I approach the subject without her feeling attacked? (laughs) Thank you. She, thank you for everything. A. She's calling your boyfriend that you're very serious about, disgusting, disgusting. and you're worried about hurting her feelings. Yeah,
2: disgusting.
1: Wow. I don't know. This is a, this is a very specific one, John. Any thoughts?
0: This is uh this is a strange I, look. I don't. Who cares about any of the backstory? Like <laughs> right. Like I mean, yes, important, but for the sake of, like, with your friend, it should just be... They should be supportive of you. And maybe they disagree, like... But you can't poison the well. Like, I... I have so many friends who are married or dating fucking people who suck. Like totally. That's, <laughs> part, of fucking, that's part of life. Like you don't have it's to true. live with these. You don't have to fucking that's put your mouth on their genitals. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. called being 38.
2: Yeah. Everyone you know marries everyone you can't stand. And right. then and then sometimes – or that you just don't like enough. Yeah. And then you spend the rest of your life with your husband or your wife or your partner or whoever. And occasionally, maybe, if you and the old friend still have something in common, you still see each other. Right. But that is just wh- the way life goes.
1: Yeah.
0: Sure. I, you're. As you get older, you're going to like less and less of your friend's partners, especially- A hundred percent. Especially and by the way, you,
1: also- lo- Yes, please. Uh, sorry, please. I was going to
0: say, especially when you connect with their partner, and then they have a new partner the next time, and you're like,
1: ah, oh, now sure. I uh, got to <laughs> fucking-
0: bump my references down 10 years to fucking hang out with your new 25-year-old
1: girlfriend.
0: Yeah. I I missed the one that could hold a conversation with my wife. Now I got some fucking, I got to talk to her about SpongeBob.
2: Well, now now you're busy all the time because you don't want to have plans with those people. And And your friend, and then it's his job to deal with the fallout from that. Yeah. This woman, okay, you want me to give you the brass tacks on this? l is not your friend, okay? No you think kidding. you're friends right now because these people are like the age of bridesmaids, and I don't mean the movie bridesmaids. I just mean people that are bridesmaids. Okay. These kind yes. of squabbles are like bridesmaids squabbles. Oh, he's a jerk, and she's a this, and you know, and then he got are- drunk, and then she did that, and everybody's perfect, slinging and arrowing at everybody else until all the people in the circle start to fall. The only problem with with Elle is that she hasn't been cheated on yet that she knows about. But or, she probably
1: thinks she's going to yes. be because this is not about you. This is about her and someone having an open relationship. I mean, this is like a crazy reaction to this and I think she sees it coming. I don't- Or or has a sense of I don't
2: it. think it's a crazy reaction at all. I think it's an immature reaction. I think, well, I I guess, think but she to call an, him
1: disgusting. She
2: has an I well, first of all, she said that it's against the sanctity of marriage, so maybe she's religious.
1: Oh, that you're right. We are also dealing with that. She has <laughs> yeah.
2: ideas. She has ideas about what a marriage is supposed to be. And what? she also just got married. And everything yeah. this guy stands for, and by extension, her friend for giving this guy a second shot at life to be in another serious relationship and maybe get married a second time is a threat to Elle's idea of what it, life exactly is That's
0: exactly what I
1: exactly right. that this is about her.
0: Yeah, I think Rana, you hit it on the head when you said bridesmaid's age. I this reeks of 22 to 27 year old per yes. drama. Like yeah. this reeks cuz like you're by the time you're in an aged person, by the time you're in your forties and fifties, you're going to be with a lot of people who are on their second relationships. You're going to know a lot of people who have had full blown affairs. And then that mistress is now their wife, like, yeah. and vice versa. Like, that's just love is crazy. You know what I mean? Like you're going to, y- this person L is like, you're saying grasping onto what her idea of a marriage is, but it also reeks of like, Hey, Hey, you should be so happy for your friend. If someone if someone is a mistress or in an open relationship, they sleep together and then they eventually end up together, isn't that the beauty of like love? Like it isn't is, I, it's, yeah. it? it's always how the
2: story ends. Yeah. Yes. And if this person
1: isn't look, I mean, I guess the big indicators would be that he's abusive, which it doesn't sound no one is mentioning something like that. Right. Or he's on a path to major self-destruction with drugs or something like that. That's not the case. Otherwise, if your friend is happy, like, what really can you say? Well,
2: there's also another side to this. Okay. Which is, I'm not sure this guy is a catch. And And I'm also sure that's why A's writing us a letter.
0: Yeah, because think- she's
2: she's also twenty two to twenty seven, and she's saying, "Is she right or am I right?" Because I'm she's moving I'm across matu- the country, and I'm mature, and I accept people. <laughs> I'm very accepting of people, and people make mistakes. And you know, he thought their marriage was perfect, and they agreed to have an open marriage. And then his wife fell in love with you know. Then his wife, like you know, damaged him in some way. You right. Know, the phrase
1: "happily married" probably came from him.
2: Yes. Who- Everybody well, came from him when he said I met I met
0: them when they were happily married in an open marriage. Yeah, I think that means I fucked him a couple of years ago, Sure. and he right. was telling me how he was happily married while yeah, I had exactly. an, while I slept then, with him. And then,
2: can you believe it? His wife fell in love with the person she was having an affair with, and this poor guy <laughs> was wounded, even though he was screwing everybody in town.
0: But yeah. There's definitely a... I would like to read Elle's letter. Yes. I would like to see if Elle sent in a letter, too, because... A
2: wants us to say, we're modern and open-minded, and we think you're right, and we think she's closed-minded, and she should bring the ambrosia salad to the church picnic, and then (laughs) when's her husband... And then she should find her husband getting a blowjob from the minister, and then let's see how she likes it, or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and kind of I'm gonna tell everything you, is true right now. This is just called <laughs> yeah. being young and enough yeah, things true. have not happened to these people yet. But I mean, I don't think it's all or nothing. I think you could keep your your spidey sense up a little bit about this guy and I mean, he may be great and it may work out perfectly, but doesn't mean your friend might not be totally wrong about the fact that this guy seems like a little bit of a dubious operator. But should should be called you. You guys have world. You have different worldviews. This is right. the beginning of the end of your friendship. Okay.
1: I was about to say yeah. this is a, this is a, you have a few minutes left on this anyway. Yeah. I mean, you're moving
2: so, across the country for a guy. Exactly.
1: Like,
0: uh, and also, I, I f- to defend Elle a little. That's panic inducing. A friend of yours is moving across the country for a guy who has already been uh, married and divorced, like, what is he gonna do to your friend A here? Is, like, A gonna come and
1: go? And you know? also, who gives a f- Actually, I've reversed my opinion completely. Who gives a fuck that this, that, that your friend is telling people he's disgusting? You're about to move. You're about to move across the country and, by the way, if it works out, you'll have the last laugh about that anyway, but I would never miss an opportunity to goad someone to the point of explosion, which is why I absolutely <laughs> think you need to confront her. I absolutely think that you need to get your last hurrah in with her before you move and just say something like, I know you've been saying these things and it's really hurtful. And she'll be like, hurtful, I'm hard," And be like, I know, but it's really, you know, you're kind of making this about you just center to the edge.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I will say this. The disappointing part is that I don't think that th- I could be wrong, but I don't think there's pure happiness waiting for either of these women in their situations. And that that also is just life. If relationships have ups and downs, and there are moments when things happen in relationships, and you really feel completely isolated and alone because you're racking your brain to say, who can I really tell the truth of this situation to and that I can talk it over with? And that list gets very, very small because there yep. is so much shame and confusion and hurt feelings and really things that you want to keep private it would be nice if they could get their relationship to a point where if things don't work for a and she moves back that that l doesn't say told you so that but i don't yeah i don't really think you're going to be that friend to each other
0: i think l and a are both dealing with uh insecurities yes. of like I'm moving across the country for this guy. She's telling me it's not a good idea. She's seeing her friend move across the country for a guy who is into open marriage and like that shines a light on her relationship in some way. Yeah. So I feel like both of them the other one is the argument that undoes their own correct. argument. That, each one of them yes. is like behaving yep. in a way yes. that would undo the other's belief of like what I'm making the correct decision. But in the end I think you just like you said I think Maybe, I'm not a messy bitch who loves drama, but I would say confront and say, like, I'm going. I would love to still have a friend back here or wherever you are. And uh, it's OK if you think he's a monster. I I don't come around on him or don't. But let's not never speak again over this.
1: Yeah. Hose and you could, even, you, know you could even go so far as to be like, and what, you know, it might turn out you're right about this whole thing. I don't know, yeah. but I'd, I'd like to find out.
0: Brian, yeah. that's the fucking line, dude. That's the line. It's like, hey, you, you might be right, but right now, what I want to do personally is chase this. This and is I for be me wrong. to find out. Yeah, this is for yeah. me to find And I appreciate you looking out for me, And but I will hope you continue to support my decision because once I go, I'm going, and I'd prefer if you didn't tell our mutuals that he's a piece of shit or whatever.
2: Yeah, and I'd like yeah, to have yeah. you in my life. But the real truth is these two need to get as far away from each other as possible. <laughs>
1: I think they're so. just not.
2: On the also, same she didn't mention. A didn't right mention
1: now. whether or not she was going to be in an open relationship with this guy. So I don't know if you've considered that, but that might be. Happening I don't
2: think she. Talking. is. Uh, I don't think. She, go, she, yeah, I don't think she knows she is
0: yet. But <laughs> I'll tell you. About, I'll tell you about this guy. <laughs> I've I've never been in an open marriage, but I would have a hard time. Closing a marriage. Closing the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like opening gates. a marriage sounds scary and terrifying, but closing a marriage, if I've already got the door open, I'm like, no, fuck it. Shh. We can put a screen door up if you want, but that's about it.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: totally.
2: Okay, we're gonna do one more quick question. And then okay. we're and then we're gonna wrap it up. Okay.
0: Hopefully this one's super heavy.
2: Hello, loveless After a breakup from a 15 year relationship, I took my cats and moved about 20 minutes away from my prior residence.
1: Now, that's a log line. I love
2: prior residence. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Where I lived. The former (laughs) owner of my new home is a cat lover and is married to a retired veterinarian. The former owner of my new home. Okay. I think she picked my offer because our cats looked identical, the offer to buy the house. As she talked uh, as she walked me around the property, she warned me about the neighbor cat Tigga. Tiga is a notorious is notorious in the neighborhood for causing drama and killing wildlife. He also harassed her cat so badly that it changed one of her cat's behaviors. <laughs> She's she and I still text. She's lovely and unfortunate.
1: I love she called the, the said that the cat was causing drama.
2: Ca- changed, it changed completely changed one of her cat's behavior.
1: She, that's a, it traumatized cat
2: her oil. cat Brian.
1: That's a cat's cat.
2: That's a cat owner's description of a, what happened to a cat. <laughs> is what yeah. that is. Fast forward, I've been living here for over a year and my lovely new partner, Matt, moved in during quarantine. He absolutely loves my cats and they love him. Yeah, Since he moving, <laughs> yeah. Tigger regularly comes by to kill songbirds, shit by my house, kill rabbits, harass my boys through the windows. Oh, and he has sprayed my back door at least five times. Ew. Now this ew. he is trouble. Now my dumb Hugo boy may have a peanut brain. Now my dumb Hugo boy, these cat people are crazy. He just wants me to understand we're <laughs> talking about the cat now. Now my dumb Hugo boy may have a peanut brain, but he's very protective of us. Recently he has been peeing in places he isn't supposed to as a response to Tigger. I'm at my wit's end. Okay. So he thinks the cat's macking his territory to let Tiga know that it's his. And I think he has a nervous pussy for a cat. That's what I think. Okay. I know I'm not the only homeowner that hates this That's my this cat. my gyno said,
0: I, I think you might have a nervous pussy. <laughs> a nervous pussy for a cat. <laughs>
2: I know I'm not the only homeowner that hates this cat. The former owner told me she confronted Tigger's owner multiple times, but he refuses to do anything about it. A week ago, I snapped and asked the city to come and find and detain this asshole cat. They said I'd have to live, have to live trap it and bring it in. But here's the problem Tigger's owner is an elderly man living alone, and I'm sure the cat is a big part of his life but it's making mine hell. Am I doing the Midwestern thing by not confronting this homeowner personally? Or am I right in assuming he'll do nothing to keep his cat indoors? Ideally, I want this cat physically removed from the neighborhood. Please, please, please let me know what you think I should do. Best, Joe and Matt and Dudley and Hugo attached are some photos of my sweet baby angels. Oh, and you don't
0: have to forward those to me at all. <laughs> uh, all good. I think Brian said when he changed his argument in the last one to, who cares? <laughs> like, this would be, <laughs> this is where I'd be coming in hot with the, let the old man live. <laughs> I'm with you. I, yeah. Like, I can If it. you were
1: renting, I would say move. Yeah. I if mean, I, if, because. If you're,
0: exactly. If you are renting, I'd say move. And since you're owning, I'll say wait it out. Yeah. Yeah. Wait it out, uh, and let the let this old man pass in peace. Like let him live with Tigger uh, for as long as he can, and just the cat's not fucking up your cats. It sounds like They're, he's killing Songbirds and pissing. Where, he sounds like what he's doing is extreme. Cat behavior. I just want <laughs> you to know. It extre- is <laughs> I mean, truly. As a cat lady, I just want you to know what you're complaining about Tigger doing is what cats would do if they didn't have to be called H- Peanut Brained Hugo Boy. Like if right. they were remo- <laughs> if they were allowed out of the house, this is what Peanut Brained Little Hugo Boy would do too. So let completely uh, uh, let. Let Tigger live. I'm so should I say Tigger with a soft R? I feel like I'm touching on something.
1: It is a it is a word that is
2: Well, it's from Winnie the Pooh. It's from Winnie yes. the Pooh.
1: It is from Winnie the Pooh.
2: <laughs> Here's the thing. There's a whole lot of inherited drama in this letter. This entire drama with this cat is taking place between the former owner the the new owner the husband peanut brain hugo dudley who we didn't hear a word about got absolutely no attention whatsoever seems to be Big fine. Ass Dudley's brain.
1: thriving in this dudley's a genius uh, dudley loves that hugo's going out of his mind right now
2: if you would like to go ring this man's doorbell and introduce yourself as his new neighbor and say i don't think i ever got a chance to formally introduce ourselves here's a basket of muffins or whatever uh, I just wanted to ask, is there any way that you can keep the cat in during the day? Guess what the answer to that question is? Absolutely not.
0: No Because that
2: cat is basically feral. Yeah.
0: Okay? He's and an outside cat.
2: That's like a thing.
0: I'm sure it's even more of a thing that's uh, the out, deal. outside of cities. Yeah,
2: That's the situation. And some people move somewhere and their neighbors have wind chimes. And other people's move places and their neighbors have cats that assault. Other cats and whatever. Uh, Dudley, oh not Dudley. Hugo peeing places in your house needs to be addressed, but yeah. I'm not sure that we can entirely blame that on Tega. To be is there clear a with thing?
1: The and maybe this is abusive. I don't know because I don't want it to be. Yeah. Is there a thing where you could just live trap the cat and then put it back on that guy's property a few times to maybe the cat gets the hint? Don't come there.
2: I don't. know. I don't really think this cat gives a shit.
1: Yeah,
0: and uh-huh. I would be I would this be hesitant to live tra- live <laughs> trap somebody's pet. I feel that's like that's true. a line crossed. It's like, true. hey, here's your dog. I have it in a cage. I'd be like, what the fuck are you
2: doing? There <laughs> have you're right. <laughs>
1: half- you're right. I just I I do I, I think that this other woman, there was a deal. There was a curse placed on this house. Yes, and I think that's why this woman moved. And and this is just a big
2: and also want- she had a long drama with those other pe- with that other guy. That guy wasn't old forever. He was about ten years younger. When and then all this started and I, I also, I feel she's like building uh, this up a little bit.
0: I, I was just about to say, I feel like she inherited, like you said, inherited drama. And I think like she was starting on, you know, 75% of being stressed about Tigger because she got fucking pumped up. You know, like yeah. when you're driving to go hang out with your partner's coworker or whatever, and your partner's like, this person drives me fucking crazy. This person annoys me. Or they've mentioned them a few t- And then when you show up to the party, you're ready to hate this person. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <Totally>. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think like you can get like pumped up to be like this fucking cat Tigger. Good luck with the house. This cat. T-, and then you're like, the second Tigger does anything. You know, like she the, re- the previous owner told yeah. me about this. You're fucking dead. You know, she recruited. The incidents you into could this. be,
1: Yes, the yeah. incidents could with ticker could be at this point two years apart, but your reaction would be like it happened every day. Right. Like she, that's how enraged you are about this. she
0: was conscripted into the neighborhood
1: battle by no the question.
2: previous owner. The owner but guess was guess like, what? News flash, Joe and Matt like a little drama, and we're looking for neighborhood <laughs> neighborhood drama. I mean, look at the description of this. They have all there is a whole narrative built around what's going on in this neighborhood. And the truth is there's an asshole cat. There's an asshole cat that comes around and those aren't your songbirds and cats kill birds and what do you want to do?
1: And by the way, if, if Tigger was a human child, if he were a boy he would be called a bully and really you couldn't do much more about that except talk to the parents. One
2: more idea. You could get some coyote urine or something like that and you could put it along the perimeter of your property. You'd have to do a little digging online and find out what is the smell that cats don't like? But we well, can so, go to
0: ask askrana.com backslash coyote urine. Promo yeah. code rana gets you twenty <laughs> percent <20% laughs> off your first delivery of a ziploc bag full of coyote. That's absolutely <laughs> true. Ryan's gonna urinate in a bag and you can throw it on Tigger. <laughs> He's going off a coyote diet to simulate it as but
2: much that, as possible. He's I, I absolutely <laughs> sense that cats will not pass, and you need to find out what those are and you need to set a perimeter.
1: Right, yeah. like Passover, but coyote
2: urine. No, but that works for dia, for instance. If you're getting a lot of dia coming into your yard, you put coyote urine you on take the perimeter. You take like a perimeter. predator. Yeah, right. Exactly. So look Not into a bad that. Not idea. Okay. Now, Brian, explain to John what happens at this point in the show.
1: All right, John, now is when we start the show. Just kidding. <laughs> At this point. Now <laughs>
2: we'll
0: start taking questions. Everyone's level <laughs> sounds good.
1: <laughs> so now we we it's time for our giveaway, where we give a certain prize to one of the people who wrote in. Yeah. And it's whoever we think should have it. There's really no criteria. Just whatever your heart is desiring for someone. Yeah. So we have Matt and Kat. We have uh, the... Why do I always forget these so fast? I don't know, but
2: this week's giveaway—I'll tell you what the giveaway. Tell is. Tell us what
1: the giveaway is, then I'll then I'll round it. It
2: can be all kinds of things. Sometimes it's a beautiful hand soap. Sometimes it's a L'Oréal lip balm. Sometimes it's we gave out some Santa Maria Novella mosquito repellent. Just little things that we think help people feel a little bit better. Uh, but this week we are giving away. These are not on sale yet. This is a limited edition. Kiss Kiss mug, which we have just come out with. As you can Ooh. see, there's the Kiss Kiss on that side, and yep. the Kiss Kiss on that side. And so, whoever wins this mug will be one of the first people in America to get their hands on this gorgeous, this gorgeous Ask Rana mug.
1: So, John, should we give this gorgeous Ask Ron a mug to my
2: sister's uh, nuts?
1: My sister's nuts. Yeah. Or should we give it to
2: open marriage?
1: Open marriage. Yeah or should we give it to cat issue.
0: Ooh, okay. I I feel like uh the only fully sympathetic letter writer to me was the first uh, person yeah. who uh, like I I'm no no shade to the other two, but I think uh, if anyone deserves a prize or of anything especially a kiss kiss mug first of its kind i believe we should send it to the woman who is uh, battling with the guilt she feels towards her uh, sister who suffered her sister's suffering with mental illness i believe she deserves a mug
1: I'm with you. And John. everything should be so okay so.
0: from then on out. Like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this is the missing piece of I, this crazy I pie.
2: want you to pour yourself a cup of Ask Rana Coffee every morning into your kiss kiss mug. And when you take a sip, I want you to just have a little moment where you remind yourself that you worked hard to get the lovely life that you have. That you came from a tough life and that you are doing everything in your life to make your life nice for yourself for your family and also for your sister and that you can't control everybody else's happiness, but that you should be really proud of yourself about how far you've come in this world. Cause that is no small thing to grow up in an unstable Certainly household not. and then build a beautiful household for your family. So I agree.
1: Yeah. Now Do, stop complaining.
2: Yeah. John, did you get the coffee yet? We sent you some coffee.
0: I, I have not, but I'm looking okay.
2: very forward. As to, soon as yeah. you, well, we want you to let us know when, once you get it, what you think of it.
0: I might let the internet know, and then you guys can catch it there. You would join the ranks.
2: I certainly wouldn't complain.
1: Nor would I.
2: (laughs) Um, Now, we can let you go right now if you want, or you can listen to a cliffhanger. What we do is we read a cliffhanger, and then we answer it on Patreon. So we just read it, and then the people, if they want the answer, they have to go to patreon.com slash Rana.
0: I'd love
1: to hear it. Okay. grace. Now, Brian, Rana, do you have? A, I think yes. you
2: should read it because I read the last question.
1: Okay. Dear Ronna, Brian, and Lucky Guest, I have a problem that I hope you can help me with. How do I deal with a friend who automatically assumes his partner is invited to everything? Hmm. I mean everything. My friend and I have known each other since high school. We're both in our late 20s now. We've been through everything together, bad breakups, strange hookups, Drunken nights out, work issues, coming out drama, family trauma, and more. We're close friends, and before you start, we've never been attracted to one another. Neither of us is the others type.
2: Before you start.
1: I know. I wasn't gonna Excuse me.
2: Before you start
1: (laughs) (laughs) My problem is that my friend, let's call him Hal, has been dating someone for nearly a year now. He's a computer. He's a computer. He's by the way, he's going to destroy you. So run.
2: he he's dating. S- the problem is my friend is a computer who lives yeah. on a spaceship.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he's been open dating. Open the somebody. pod. Da- open the pod bay doors. Yeah. <laughs> David. Dave. Dave Dave You're hurting me,
2: Dave. <laughs> He's been dating someone for nearly a year now and
1: automatic I have a song, Dave. <laughs> Daisy, Daisy. He's been dating someone for nearly a year. How was my audition monologue into NYU? He's been dating someone.
2: For nearly a year I can now. see why you were accepted on the spot. Thank You're you. You're yeah. you have just a,
0: a a red mask on and a fully like black suit and it's just <laughs> I turn out the
1: lights. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Get down on your hands
1: and knees. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You're in. <laughs> Welcome. Sign the kid to off. You're hired. <laughs> Take a letter. He's been dating someone for nearly a year now and automatically assumes his partner's invited to everything. Before the quarantine, Hal would always bring his boyfriend along to a brunch with our friend group, to one of our evening cocktail bitch sessions, or even to an impromptu short afternoon get-together. Hal would text at the last minute to ask, should we bring anything, or we can't wait to see you. Even now while under quarantine, it was Hal plus one for Zoom sessions with our mutual college friends, and another time do a Zoom with me and my family. It's not that I mind Hal dating, and his boyfriend is okay to chat with. I'm happy that Hal's happy in his long-term relationship, but sometimes i just like to ha- see Hal alone so we could catch up on the old days or speak honestly and openly about random topics without worrying that Hal's boyfriend wouldn't get the in-joke, need to be caught up on the situation, or worried that his boyfriend is getting left out. My question: would not
2: get the end joke. I know he's a dud.
1: Is it okay to ask Hal to sometimes leave his boyfriend behind without seeming rude or jealous or possessive?
2: What is this jealous thing?
1: Anyway, thank you for your advice. The other other half. All right,
2: projection.
1: Here we go. No, Patriot. no sneak peeks,
2: you two. No sneak peeks. If no they want the answer, they have to go to clip. They have to come to patreon.com/slash Rana. Yeah, John Gaggris. In the meantime,
1: high and mighty, action bros, get action on it, boys. Same shit. Oh Cannonball. shit! I'm so sorry.
2: Cannonball. High and mighty, action <laughs> boys.
1: boys. I'm so get sorry.
2: It,
0: get it, right, please. <laughs> <will>. Cannonball <laughs> run <laughs> three. Cannonball I, run three. I would like nothing quarantine more than to, edition to do a fucking uh, gag reel at, at the end. Ooh, the dream come this true. This is I, I want to see you
2: in that. I want to see you in that jumpsuit. And I want to see. I want the whole thing. I want you to do a cannonball run during quarantine, and you and you get a little crew together. Scott Ackerman could pay for it. It'll be just like the way he shot Ferns, two Ferns. That's the scale oh, well, of then the. Produ-
0: in, in which case, I wouldn't be invited. So.
2: <laughs> That's the scale of the production we're talking about. Sure. <laughs> Hell yeah! And we're gonna get Seth Rogen to produce it. I think it's a great Love idea. It. Love yeah. it. Yeah.
1: And it's at Gabrus everywhere, right? Aren't yep, you? it's at Gabrus
0: yeah. on all the social meds. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. This was an absolute pleasure. So great to see you. I uh, want to be on the Patreon episode where we yell at your <laughs> the other other half.
2: Well, if you if you're free next Wednesday morning, we'll uh, we'll see if you're if you're available. Shoot a text.
0: I'm but, around. But you wildly you'd, available. But if you
2: but if you come on, you'd have to watch. Uh, what are our movies, Brian? Jaws? Jaws
1: and Terminator 2.
2: And Termina- Terminator 2. We have Let a- me tell you
0: a little bit about the Action Boys podcast. We do three hour <laughs> episodes about action movies, up to and including Terminator 2 and Jaws. So. Oh, wait, that would be
1: so fun then.
0: <laughs> Your boy is
1: versed. Okay, Hit well, me up.
2: this might be our first Ask Run at pack. This will be our
1: first. We have <laughs> never
2: had anybody cross over from the free feed to the Patreon.
1: Never. I'm wildly we keep available, and this a is very a Very exciting. Talk very to you guys
2: excited <laughs> um, All right. Well, this might actually happen. Get ready, listeners. Buckle yeah. up. All right. Kiss, kiss, dear.
0: Kiss, kiss.